Welcome to the Littler International Employment Law Podcast Series. Conversations for the multinational employer on issues impacting their global business. Welcome to Littler's podcast focusing today on regional issues associated with remote workers. This is a significant issue many employers are facing around the globe. And we continue to get questions about remote working problems or pitfalls or solutions from many of our global and multinational clients. My name's Trent Sutton, and I'm the managing shareholder of Littler's APEC Regional Hub based in Singapore. And I'm joined today by Juan Carlos Varela, who is my go-to for Latin America and helped to start the uh, Venezuela office and works now from Miami and has extensive experience across the region. And today, what we'd like to do is answer at a high level some of the questions we get on a regional basis when dealing with individuals working from home. I will start by opening it up and saying, I suppose the first question we get talking about Asia Pacific, uh, specifically in Latin America, is are there laws that specifically address work from home? And I'll start by saying, you know, in, in Asia, there are very few laws actually that directly address an employer's obligations or even flexibility to arrange or create a work from home policy. Um, There are a handful of rules. For example, many of us are familiar with Australia's flexible work arrangements. These are longstanding rules that address an obligation that an employer may have to certain employees who've been been employed for a year and need to take care of their school-aged children or a disabled worker. And they are obligated to look into flexible work arrangements, which can include, among other things, a work from home arrangement. And that then the process, the company would follow a process to implement that policy. Philippines also has rules dealing with how to institute a valid work from home or telecommuting relationship. And among other things, the company's obligated to provide an employee certain notice, and they need to mutually agree on uh, the telecommuting requirements and that the, you know, what rules will apply to them during the telecommuting uh, relationship. And these need to be in writing. And there's also an obligation to notify the local Department of Labor and Employment, setting out what the work from home arrangement will look like. But really, other than these, in APEC speaking broadly, there really aren't that many rules that directly address an employer's obligation or uh, flexibility to have flexible work arrangements. I'll turn it to you, Juan Carlos. Talk to us about Latin America. Thank you, Trent. Latin America and the opposite has always regulated work from domicile work from home, but in a different way, of course. Uh, it was thinking about in the, in the person, most mostly women, making clothes and, and other products to, to put it together at home and then return it to the, to the factories. That was the initial idea of working from home. But now, because of COVID, every single country in Latin America has enacted new laws or has changed the current laws related to work from home 
And if, even in cases in which the law is not enacted, there are at least some regulations regarding what they call telework. So in Latin America, you have this distinction between work from home when you use your tools, technological tools, like a computer or any other device, and work from home in a different way, which, when you don't use that device. Because remember, we still have people working from home, but not using a computer while they work from home. So you have to separate that in, in the region. If we are talking only about telework, meaning using the technological device, any type of device given by the employer or bought by the employee on behalf of the employer, then every single country after COVID-19 hit us, it started to enact laws. And those laws basically provide for the obligation of number one, have employer and employee to enter into a new employment agreement. So it's not the old one, it's not a modification, it's a new employment agreement, a set of employment agreement provided new terms and conditions. And within those terms and conditions, very important topics that we're going to discuss later, but in the starting of a new employment relationship, meaning same um, tenure, but different conditions, because now we're, we're working from home using a computer, you have to notify the union that you're doing this if you have a union. And in some places like Brazil that you have to have a union or Argentina where you have to have a union, that's an, that's an obligation that's a given. Third, you have to notify the labor department like you did and mentioned in Philippines and the labor department will ask you to every year to provide a report of what, how many employees you have doing that. And then there are other provisions that we can discuss later on in this, in this, in this call. Now, I recognize that, you know, this is a, a situation where, you know, we don't have time to go into all of the different countries. So in some ways we are speaking at a very high level and that there may be variation among the countries. But one of the key risks that I get a lot of questions on would deal with working hours when an individual is working from home. Can you talk to that issue for Latin America? Oh, yes. Very, very important issue. Our laws are very restricted with regard to working hours. Overtime is very pricey. There are places in which you have three times payment of the time work after normal hours. And every single law that I reviewed in the major countries in the region provide for an obligation for the obligation of the employer to, to make sure the employee is disconnected at least 12 hours every day from his or her device. This is gonna trigger a lot of issues in the region because we know that's not gonna happen. And now we know that we are sending text messages or WhatsApp messages or WhatsApp groups or conference calls, different time zones and so on, in which the 12 hours per day is not gonna happen. So we are expecting a lot of litigation after, after this passes and things get back to normal and and courts are opening, but main main issue with regard to the time that the per, the person uses to to work and the time and the need to be to have a rest and disconnection, especially disconnection. Then you have to track that your devices are actually disconnected from the work, and that means that you have to make some uh, adjustments in the way these the devices work in order to make sure they are disconnected. That's a great point. Um, so, in it, so as we're talking about some of the key issues to think about, you know, if I'm sitting in house and somebody says, "How's our remote work program going?" I'm going to say first, "Well, have we addressed the laws that are there?" And among the laws, 
that includes working hours risks. Because in Asia, we don't see the kind of um, you know focus that you've suggested in Latin America, but we do have the similar problems that you see in other locations in the globe, which is tracking the time worked from home and making sure that we're providing the premium pay entitlements, whether that's the overtime requirements that come up or whether that's the premium pay arising from work arising, you know, during a night shift, such as that time from 10 p.m. to, to 6 a.m. like in Japan. So that's something that definitely should be on internal councils uh, or HR's list is, is looking at these work hours uh, and their impact on the salary. What about reimbursements? Yeah, good point. Very good point. 100% of the people in the countries, including myself, are, um, are expecting employers to pay for some expenses in cure at home. Like, I mean, I'm spending more time. Um, that means more power. That means a higher uh, electricity bill. That means a higher internet bill. That means, uh, you know, my chair is not as comfortable as the one I have in my office. I don't have a place to work. My living room is now my office. So the table is not it should be and so on, so on and on and on. And all these laws that are being enacted provide for the obligation of the employer to reimburse expenses related to work. In other words, related has been interpreted so far, expenses that you have to incur, not because of you, it's because you are providing services from home and you need those on behalf of your employer. And there are some laws that are not specifically provided for that, but the reality is that based on the principles of the general labor law, if you are spending money on behalf of your employer in order to do work on behalf of your employer, even if the law provides an obligation to reverse expenses, it is going to be an easy case for an employee to claim that the chair that he bought because he had terrible back pain needed to be reimbursed. And those are those issues you have to be taking care of at the beginning of employment remote employment, teleworking employment, meaning that in your contract, you should provide some kind of a reimbursement. It's better to provide a little bit and say that everything is included there and make sure you comply with rules related to health and uh, workplace uh, safety and so on. And in that way, you prevent liability at the end of, it, of the employment. Yeah, you've raised an important point, which I think would go to the third piece of our checklist if I'm checking things down internally to be not just as the as there a specific law applies and are we monitoring any work hour issues or rest periods that have to be there and are we hitting on reimbursement issues but you touched on oh I've got a painful back is there a duty of care that we need to abide by and I'll say reimbursements you know at the at the high end in Asia uh, speaking broadly are not really regulated to a large degree in most of Asia. And in fact, reimbursement is relatively uncommon in places, even in places like Singapore or Hong Kong, where we might expect to see more of it. But more and more employers are providing it simply for some of the reasons you've already set out that were the basis for the laws in Latin America. But when it comes to duty of care, can you talk to me about an employer's obligation in that regard in Latin America? Yeah, the duty of care in Latin America, that's a pretty general uh, principle all over the place, is that the employer is responsible for whatever happens to the employee while he's working for the employer on in transit to the place of work. 
And here, the place of work may be from the kitchen to the living room, and something happens there, then that's a liability that pass on to the employer. When we draft employment agreements and when we are drafting the global telework in Latin America, we make sure that we try to reduce that duty of care, which is not easy because the laws are very broad in that regard. So we try to make sure that we explain what the duties are for the employee to make sure that they assume certain risks if they are working right there in front of the of uh, the power outlet and they're having a computer there and it's not fixed and so on. So we try to minimize the liabilities, but in general, in general, you have to treat the employee house like your office. So you have to make sure that you provide all the information and even higher uh, degree of diligence to make sure that any liability that is imposed on you because that person was working in an unsafe environment is not something that you are responsible for because it was the employee's fault. Or at least you advise them how to prevent those liabilities. So we are seeing a trend right now in, in the region that employers are buying an, an additional insurance. They are making like a workers' compensation insurance, not common in Latin America, but we are seeing that in some places, especially with uh, employees coming from other countries and staying in Latin America for a while. You call it, sometimes they call it nomads uh, or people working remote, uh, wandering employees, whatever you want to call it. So U.S. corporations and Asian corporations are are doing that to prevent liability. That's right. And, you know, in the U.S. or in Asia as well, we see duty of care sort of as a broad uh, as a broad obligation, even in Japan. And so as a policy from a policy perspective, it is becoming more common to ensure that when you're granting teleworking, you're taking steps to confirm or to clarify with the employee that he or she does have a safe work environment in home at home so that they're not injured or that their work from home won't create or exacerbate pre-existing medical conditions uh, as a result, which I think leads to our final topic here, you know, which goes to sometimes making sure we ask for feasibility and consider the individual's location. If you've got a large workforce in Hong Kong, for example, we're finding in my experience that, that we don't see as much work from home desire by the employees because many of them are working in very tiny homes uh, or flats that, that are challenging uh, when you're sort of working on top of anybody else who lives in the same flat where those same issues may not arise in Singapore where we may tend to see larger spaces on average at work from home. So in addition to the legal issues, is there a law? Are we complying with work hours? Are there reimbursement considerations? What about duty of care? We should also consider regionally, does it make sense to have a, uh, or to encourage remote work from home in each of these locations? What would you say about Latin America? In, in the case of Latin America, because we are not yet with regard to the vaccines, um, we are uh, on a lockdown basis, uh, pretty much, and um, there is no option either to go home, to work to work at the office. It's just staying uh, remote is basically the only option in some places. So at this time, analyzing the feasibility of, of the possibility to work from home is something that is going to come. 
And in that regard, I will say that some countries, they will have a tough time encouraging people to stay home. Because not, not because what you said about Hong Kong, but mostly because internet speed is not uh, the same in, in many places. So there are places in some countries in, uh, in our region where um, the, the internet basically doesn't work. I mean, they, they, they have to stop many times during the day. It's very slow. Getting the device to upload and download is, uh, is a pain. So that's something that the, that the countries are working uh, very hard in some, in some places because they know that's the future of, uh, of, of work. And um, they're trying to, to speed up the process, but it's gonna take time. So I will say that major countries, uh, capitals of the countries are okay. If, you're, if your investment or your company is located in areas, remote areas in certain countries in Latin America, even the, big, the biggest ones, you're gonna get a, an issue if you wanna continue with the telework after the pandemic is gone. There is no technical, technological you know, opportunities there yet. So it will, it will have some problems um, in, in some areas. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, Juan Carlos, and hopefully uh, we'll have more uh, discussions like this to address some of the key issues that develop as individuals are returning to work and as we hopefully see a conclusion to the pandemic. So thank you, Juan Carlos, for joining us. Thank you, Trent. I appreciate it. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.